Hi, I'm Michael Hartman. I'm Naomi Liu. And I'm Mike Rizzo. And this is OpsCast. A podcast for marketing ops pros. And RevOps pros. Created by the MoPros, the number one community for marketing operations professionals. Tune in to each episode as we chat with real professionals to help elevate you in your marketing operations career. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of OpsCast brought to you by the MoPros. I'm your host, Michael Hartman. I'm joined today by one of my co-hosts, Mike Rizzo. Mike, say hello. <coughs> Excuse me. Hi, well, there's a different wow, one. That just That was a new one, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. Sorry for coughing in everybody's ear. <laughs> we are not going to re- re-record that, Mike, so keep going. No, we're not. We're just going to roll with it. Not until I accidentally cut us off again. <laughs> you made it through the last one. I did. So we'll see if, it, if that luck continues. I am a professional. All right. So we are continuing our series of Marketing Ops Career Journeys. Today, we are joined by Mike Tatum. He's currently the Director of Lifecycle Marketing at Athletic Greens. Before that, he held several roles in demand gen, general marketing roles, digital marketing, lead gen. He's also been on the agency side and was a media planner buyer. Uh, he's been a speaker at Inbound, the HubSpot user conference. He's also done consulting and training on HubSpot and digital marketing. I guess he's still doing that. And before all that, he served in the U.S. Army. So, Mike, first of all, thank you for your service and thanks for joining us today. Yes, yes. Thank you. I'm actually so excited to be here. Um, definitely one of my top podcasts. And it's, it's a little bit of a dream for me to be a part of this. So I appreciate you having me. <laughs> well, that means something special. That's really cool. Absolutely. <laughs> I like uh, That's amazing that somebody is excited to be on with us. I like that. Awesome. Well, and, and so for our, we, we were chatting about this beforehand. I, hopefully our guests will be able to distinguish our voices. So we've got three Mikes or Michaels here. So... Bear with us. And it, what's interesting is this is not the first time that has happened, right? So I know we've had at least one other episode we had that. So it's let's a shame where such a popular name it is yeah. <laughs> for only only for about sixty years, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get uh, let's get going here. So. Um, yeah, you know, we talked about this. I I feel like I'm going to repeat myself over and over in these episodes because every time I think, well, we can't get yet another new and interesting story, but this time we are uh, being proven wrong again. So, um, Mike Tatum, let's start. You know, maybe your time serving in the military prior to civilian life. You know, maybe let's start with. Because uh, you and I have talked a little bit about this, the transition you went through from military life to civilian life, and I know like going to college and all that kind of stuff, and how that maybe shaped your career and your career path. Can you share something about that with us? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, so I joined the the army right out of high school. Um, you know, I was young, like I wanted adventure, um, and I joined, and so I joined as an infantryman. Um, for those of you that aren't familiar, probably. What comes to mind when you think of someone in the army, kind of like carrying a gun, doing that whole piece? Like that was what I did. For the, and, for the record, uh, he's, not car- he's not at least visibly carrying one right no. now. No, <laughs> not at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> right, not at the moment, no. <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it was incredible. So like I joined and I got, I was fortunate to be stationed out in Hawaii uh, most of my time. Like I was out there for three years and some change and. While I was there, I deployed to Iraq back in, uh, was it 2008, 
uh, came back, and then I did a short stint in uh, Louisiana, out in kind of the middle of nowhere, which is it's interesting. I feel like that's how the military treats you. Like, you luck out, you get to go to Hawaii, and then they're like, oh, we're going to correct that, and we're going to send you to the middle of nowhere, Louisiana. <laughs> um, I apologize if anybody's from Louisiana. This is, this is how averages <laughs> work, right? Right. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then um, I finished up, and I was like, you know, I really wanted to go to college. It was one of my goals um, you know, to use my, my GI Bill, which is the education fund that military members get using that to go to college. So I got out and I wasn't like 100% sure like what I even wanted to do in college. My goal was just like, I wanted to get the degree. I wanted to get the piece of paper to prove to myself like I could do this. And uh, so I started out, um, what did I start with? I started out in IT actually, because I started studying IT because it was like, when I got out, like that was a hot job. Everybody's like, oh, getting IT is the hot job. There's going to be so many job opportunities to get paid so well. And I started out <laughs> studying IT and then like I'm taking classes. I'm like, I kind of hate IT. It's like, I get that like <laughs> this is a hot job, which is interesting, right? Because now I'm in marketing operations. not super different from IT, but I, I started... <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and I started out and was like, uh, I don't, I'm not interested in any of this. And I was like, why am I doing this? And so, so I, uh, so then I changed majors, um, and ended up majoring in history. So I changed my major to history cause I'm a big history buff. Um, if anybody out there, you know, I'm a nerd about everything involving history. So it's like, I'm going to go with what I'm passionate about and I'm going to study this. And like, I start taking history classes and like, I love it. Like, it's an incredible experience. I'm like having so much fun with it. And then like, I get to a point where I'm like, okay, what's going to be like my job with history? Like the really the only, the end goal is like you become a teacher, right? Not a whole lot of options. Like, I guess you could become a historian. Like there's a job or two out there, I'm sure. But mm -hmm. really the, the path is like you become a teacher. So I, was, I tried out teaching and I was like, Oh, you know, this could be my thing. Like, I'm going to be like this inspiring, like, you know, dead poet society kind of teacher. <laughs> and I go in, I try it out. I was like, oh, like the kids are difficult. Like, I cannot imagine myself doing this day in and day out. So I, I always tell people nobody has more respect for teachers than me because I get the pain. I get the struggle. And hey, man. So do, yes, yes. And I do Walking that. In those and shoes. I'm like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Everybody needs to walk in other people's shoes before. It gives you such a good perspective. Um, and I do that, and I'm, then I'm like, okay, I, I don't want to do this day in and day out. Like, it's a notable cause. Like, I just can't see myself doing it. So then I'm like, okay, now I'm back to the drawing board again. And I'm like, everyone, I go through this face like, did I make the right choice? Like, should I have just stayed in the military? Like, but uh, I, off of a whim, I took a communications theory class. And so this is where this whole thing starts going into marketing. And it's about, it's broadly, it's like the liberal arts approach to, to communication, like interpersonal communication. And a part of that was mass communication. And that's where I started falling in love with marketing. And eventually I changed my major again to advertising. And that's when I, I graduated from BCU in advertising. Um, and I've been on this path ever since. And that's kind of like how the transition went. Like a lot of people, it's kind of messy, kind of figured out my way, but uh, it's uh, kind of my path into, into marketing generally. <laughs> I think it's I think it's great though that you got that that um sort of opportunity to be able to just sort of poke at different things and see what fits. I think a lot of people feel like they've got a yeah, I've got a a, a yeah. son who's about to gonna go off on that venture of trying to figure out where to go and what to study and and yeah, yeah. I, I think at that age, right, you think, Oh, this if I if what if I make a wrong choice, right? Then it's all over. So Yeah. <laughs> 
by the way, he's a big, he's a big history buff. He could probably talk talk with you and hang with you. I could not. Yeah. I know that. <laughs> I could not either. Yeah. yeah. I got a good friend who's a real big history buff too, and he just loves all that stuff. And don't like that's great. I just can't. I. I, it's like it's almost as bad as like not knowing your your general sort of uh, geographic region of the continent that you live. Right. <laughs> like right. I feel like I feel like a fool that I don't know more about history and I should. Right. Yeah. That I feel bad about it. But you know, hey, I know a lot about Martech. So right there you go. Yeah. <laughs> it takes all time. You make. <laughs> I know. I know. You make trade offs. Right. Totally. <laughs> okay. Totally. So, you, so you go through college, uh, you get out of the, out of the military, you go through college, um, multiple steps towards it, different things. You try to figure out, you finally land in advertising. So what's next, right? Yeah. Well, how did you end up from, you know, it sounded like it was advertising communications and now into more of a lifecycle yeah. marketing, <clears throat> demand gen, MarTech ops role? Yeah. Yeah, so I've, uh, you know, my, my adventure trying different things continued on into like post-college in the working world. And interestingly enough, like my first job, I actually worked for this media agency and you might actually find this funny. Uh, they created the hand sanitizing like wipe dispensers and like liquid dispensers you'll see in like supermarkets and stuff like that. And they sold ad space on the units. And so my first oh. job was working for a company. Yeah. What? I worked for a company. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Wait, so wait. Sorry. Worked... Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> yes, sorry. No, Hang please. on. Hang on a second. <laughs> All right. So they created a B2C product or B2B2C product in some way. Yeah. And and yeah. it like the revenue stream wasn't necessarily from the product itself, but from the advertising space on the product. Yeah. So the advertising yes, space was exactly. like the to- was the toner, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just, I know. That, okay. it's, that's, right. that's monetizing every bit of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow. One of those interesting, uh, one of those interesting business models out there. But yeah, I'm working there, and so my job really focuses on like design. So like. I'm not a graphic designer, but when I interviewed for this job, I told them like, oh yeah, I'd taken basics on Photoshop, InDesign, Illustrator. And I was like, very clear, like I've taken one class in each of these things, but they were like, oh, we really need someone who can do design. It's like, it's my first job. Like I need to do something, like I need to make money. So I was like, okay, I'll do it. And so I'm started out and I'm actually designing these ads that go on these units. And so as you can imagine, because they're in supermarkets and stuff like 95% of them are real estate agents and they all look very similar. So Mm. from a technical standpoint, the designs didn't have to be crazy. It's like a smiling person in front of a home, their contact information. So super easy design. So it ended up working out. (laughs) Like I wasn't exposed as a fraud. So (laughs) that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. No, it was one of those things where like, you know, I'm doing that. It's like, that's one of my other passions. And that's where like, I feel like part of like how I got into marketing ops, like I enjoy like the maker process. And I enjoy like creating things and I get to do a lot of that marketing ops. Now I'll definitely tell people like I do not design well, like I'm awful. Luckily, like this company didn't demand very much or I would have been exposed as this fraud of a designer, but uh, it ended up working out <laughs> long enough until I got to my next thing. And uh, yeah. And, and part of that, I was actually doing some of like traditional marketing for them as well too. Cause they obviously advertised to, businesses and real estate agents. So I was running ads for them. 
Um, and that's why I was doing more of the traditional marketing stuff outside of design too. And so that's kind of like, that was my first stop. <laughs> and so from there, um, I took on roles at another agency where I was focused on media planning and buying. And so ran the gamut from digital to TV and everything. So I was really getting more into like my legit marketing skill set, like stuff that I can do. Um, and then from there, I got my way into tech. So I worked at a couple of tech companies, and that's really where I got into like the CRM marketing space. So I was working in email, and I was doing demand gen, and now like it's come full circle, and now I'm kind of running lifecycle marketing for Athletic Greens, a company I'm really excited about. <laughs> that's awesome. I, uh, I just getting ex- like sort of the background <laughs> of traditional marketing and and doing like. Yeah you know, media planning and media buying and the agency side, I think as, um, well, you, you have such, I'm like looking at your rich history of your LinkedIn profile, like right now in, in real time. And <laughs> you're stuck, you're stalking him. I'm, I'm totally stalking yeah. him. <laughs> nice. You know, to be fair, I've talked to Mike a few times, uh, but like, <laughs> I think the type of background where you've sort of dabbled in all of these different, um, areas sort of speaks to one of the things that we talked about, um, not too long ago, uh, on another episode where we say, you know, we're, we're sort of suggesting that when you have a broader spectrum of skills in marketing, yeah. it sort of makes you one of the standout um, possible leaders and, and, and folks that will have maybe, maybe an easier time climb, quote unquote, climbing the corporate ladder when you come into this marketing ops function. Uh, because you have like a, a more broad spectrum understanding of all of the components that go into marketing. Um, yeah. I don't know. What what are your thoughts on that? Like, do you feel like that's that's been advantageous to you in in sort of your career trajectory and where you where you're at now? Yeah, yeah. No, it's actually been really, really huge. I find that like some of those core concepts and some of the channels that people are like, Oh, you know, there's always articles like every like email's dead, direct mail is dead, you know, all these different channels, but they're never really dead. And there's all it's just a just a slight innovation on them and they kind of progress with time. But the things you learn, like everything works. Like the same things that work with email work in direct mail. Like I take those and I apply them to different places and it's just a real like everything informs and helps you grow. Um and yeah, that's why I've loved at doing it. And like I got into marketing ops, like, you know, when I first started doing it, like it was like several years ago and it's like nobody I did it because nobody wanted to do it. Like everybody I was working with, like they want to do the fun, the creative stuff. They wanted to do the the commercials. They want to do like nobody wanted to do this. <laughs> and so. you were like, I uh I learned that I'm not a designer, even though I got away. Exactly. With it, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I know, I know. And so yeah, and it's just it's helped me exponentially grow and like everywhere I've worked, like I've kind of you know, I think a lot of marketing ops people find themselves in the same place where you become like the go to of knowledge of everything Martech, whether you're an expert in it or not, like you're like the go to. Um and sometimes it feels good to be like that internal expert and it's also like uh, like you're just like just go read the documentation. Like I don't have time to teach you this tool. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I used to uh Yes. I feel like everybody just like raised their hands in the air. Like as they heard that, I heard you say that in the episode, right? Like, yes. Yeah. I used to reserve, um, I was a little younger, maybe a little bit more. Um, I don't know what the right word is to describe it, but I had, I had, uh, I had guts. (laughs) 
<laughs> to, to do this, but it was only with people that I had good relationships with, but I would buy um, a handful of those. Let me Google that for you stickers. So I supported that guy's website by buying a handful of his stickers and he like <laughs> mailed them to me. And so anytime someone would ask me a silly question, I would answer it. I would answer it. But then I would walk over to their desk back in the before times and I would I would hand them this sticker. And then they would look at me <laughs> and say, what's this? I said, that stands for let me Google that for you. <laughs> Next time, I'll help you find the answer, but you'll have to Google it first. <laughs> right. I don't think we'd have gotten along at that at that point. Mike, I just don't. Yeah, I know. I know. It was, I just, I got to, it, it was, like I said, it was the people that I had good relationships with and they probably asked me a number of times already, right? right. How to do yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, like, I probably would have been you though too. Like, so I probably would have appreciated it actually. <laughs> like I said, I had guts. So I, it, it was not, not probably not polite. Right. <laughs> you're, you're, you're uh, choosing your words carefully here. I can tell. I am. I'm choosing my words very carefully. Yeah. <laughs> So Mike Tatum, so I'm interested, there's a couple of themes I keep hearing in your thought, and I think it's a really, I want to make sure that our audience is picking up on this too, which is, one is, I mean, I love that you're willing to try stuff even when like on paper, like you could, you could probably talk yourself out of trying it, right? Because it's just, I think that's one of the ways we can all like, it's a, I think it's a good lesson to learn, like it, pushing yourself and, you know, going for something that maybe is a stretch, uh, regardless of what it is, right? It could be that you want to move up and and um, be ambitious from a corporate ladder standpoint, quote unquote, as Mike said. But it also could be like I want to learn this other technology. I want to understand this process. I think that that's one. And then Mike, Mike was right, right? One of the things, and I'm a big believer in this. Um, not necessarily that you're a generalist, but that you have that broader understanding. That's becoming a more common theme, right? Um, yours happened to be. You know, understanding how the whole advertising process worked on that unique scenario, right? Another one might be understanding how the sales process worked. And I think the the walking in footsteps thing was really hit me because I did. I actually was a salesperson for a little while, and it I, it completely changed how I looked at salespeople because I realized how hard it is to do that. So as much as we might, you know, as marketers, marketing ops folks, bash salespeople, right? They play an important function, and it's one that not everybody can do, you know? So, yeah. So yeah. is that, is, would Super you say that's one of your themes years, like trying new things, stretching, you know, understanding. Yeah. So, okay. yeah, no, definitely. That's been huge. I feel like for me, like I try to remember like my mantra is like, don't be afraid to be bad at stuff. Like, you know, try things out. Like, Love don't that. be afraid. Like there, there's that's plenty great. of times, like every time you start something new, like you're bad at it. Like, it's okay. Like, if you're, you know, I know people are always sensitive. We all get the imposter syndrome. Like, if you're in a good place, you have a good boss, like, they'll understand, like, you're pushing to grow yourself. Um, But, yeah, just don't be afraid to be bad at stuff. I, just, you know, learn as you go. All right. That's <laughs> what I told Michael when he started hosting this show. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, there's just an wow. opening there. Because we both were, like, starting this thing, and we had no idea what we were doing. Sometimes it feels like, like we still don't. Him, and, him Naomi, and I, yeah, we were all just like, yeah. Yeah, we'll just figure it out. All right. That, I'll be bad at it, but it'll be fun. Yeah. I, I, but I love that. Um, I mean, I, I have somewhere I, I used to have it on my day planner, you know, that was a quote from Teddy Roosevelt that basically some, what you summed up in one sentence was his, like the man in the arena thing. You, you're a history guy. You probably know that. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I totally, I totally, I love that because don't be afraid to, to, 
fail basically right that's um all right we're gonna have to make sure that gets posted when we when we get this out mike um, oh yeah here yes. I'll, I'll use this new feature mark clip there we go i created a clip for, the, for those of you just imagine this fancy you know virtual studio that we've got here mark clip <laughs> we can also see each other <laughs> yeah we can yeah, also see good. each other all right so um Let's talk a little bit about. I mentioned this a little bit when we introduced you, Mike. That um, in addition to like what you're doing professionally, you know, your sort of core career, if we want to call it that, you're doing some. I don't know if we call them side hustles, but other other things that you're doing that include, yeah. I think, training and speaking and that kind of like. How did you? This sounds like another one of those ones where you just sort of. <laughs> probably, I'm going to guess you probably put yourself out there and. Yeah, how did you do that? You know. Um, what is it you're focusing on and, and how do you think that applies? Yeah. Are you, I'm curious, actually, are you learning for yourself? Like, are you learning as you're teaching? Hey everyone, it's Mike Rizzo here and I'm interrupting your episode to bring you a brief message about, you might've guessed it, Mopsapalooza 2024, our second annual conference held in the vibrant city of Anaheim, California. We're hosting this hybrid event from the 5th of November through the 8th, and we would love for you to join us in person in Anaheim. But if you can't, please join us via live stream, courtesy of our sponsor, Excelibets. We're excited to offer an opportunity for professionals just like you to connect, learn, and grow among the best in the industry. Our event promises to be a highlight of the year, offering invaluable professional development experiences, live workshops, and of course, networking with your peers. Don't miss out on this incredible gathering right next to Disneyland in Southern California. Tickets are going fast. We will cap registration at 700 attendees. Secure your pass by visiting marketingops.com today. And we're looking forward to welcoming you to what is guaranteed to be an unforgettable event. It might just be the best event you've ever attended. But don't take my word for it. You can ask the community at any time. We'll see you there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely, I'm always learning. And that's one of the biggest benefits. Um, and so you have some context. When I started like consulting, like I have to give 100% credit to my wife because she was the one who pushed me to do it because I would come back from work and I'd tell her all these things I'm working on, like these workflows I built. And like, she's very, like a great partner. Like she'll like, you know, she'll understand as much as she can. Like, I think we've all tried to explain marking ops to people who are not in it. And she's one of my biggest supporters. And like, I'd be talking about all these wins I have for like these companies. She'd be like, you're really good at this. Like, why don't you just do this for yourself? And it's one of those light bulb moments where it's like, why am, why am I not doing this for myself? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, she pushed me to get started and like, I just kind of started slowly. Like I started taking on like a consulting client here, there, and, you know, helping people. And I find like, it's been huge for my growth just in like what I do full time as my job and also for other businesses. Cause like I'm used to working for companies that have a big budget, they have millions they can spend on ads and whatever tech that you want. But then I also consult with like a, like a seed stage startup. That's like, I have like a couple of months of runway. Like I need some sort of growth so that I can get my next round of funding. Like, can you help me get there? And so mm -hmm. like, it's a very different style to work with. And I feel like it pushes my skills. Cause like, as we all learn in marketing, like money doesn't solve most problems, right? It just, you know, you can invest in cool tech, you can do different things, but really it's like the strategy that really drives the growth. And that's what it really pushes me to do. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. I love I I love that it's sort of come full circle too. Like you've you 
you sort of, you know, started off in this idea that you want to be a teacher and then you kind of end up in marketing and then you're like, cool, I'm going to be a consultant, which is like a pseudo teacher, but they're paying you to like do stuff for them. Right. And then, yeah. Um, and, and now it sounds like you're, you know, you, you do speaking engagements and then you really are teaching. So you've like, yeah. you, in a way you, you are, I mean, you don't have to deal with the, the nutty, crazy kids, I guess, but <laughs> different way, kind of nutty, just, crazy ended kids. Up right where you started. Yeah, yeah, we're all a bit crazy, but <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, it's great, and I love like everyone I get to work with. I would get to work with founders, uh, venture capital firms. It's just it's just so fun just to work with people. So I guess the takeaway is like I enjoy teaching adults a lot more than I enjoy teaching children. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Especially, I, I could I can imagine different age levels in children uh, would be different too. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, you mentioned your wife as being sort of someone who really supported you in that part of it. Are are there other people, you know, through maybe it's it goes all the way back to your military time or people you still keep up with? Are there people in your life that have been sort of key to your decision making, your role? And, and then second, I know you already talked about a number of different things in your kind of journey, but are there other uh, other sort of key points in that you know we make a decision to go right or left or take the red pill or the blue pill right that um <laughs> you think were really impactful to where you where you are now yeah yeah um you know in terms of people um you know i have like you know my time in the military you know set a very high standard for leadership uh for me so like when the people I work for, like I, nobody has a higher standard of like what a leader should look like than I do. Um, and I try to bring that into my role. Like, you know, I'm a director now, like I'm going to be a leader and like, I have a very high standard for myself. Um, and just really, really like, that's one of the things that's been hugely influential and it's helped me choose the right jobs. Cause I go into jobs and I look at my military career and I look at some of the great leaders I had and I'm looking at the hiring manager saying, do they fit that mold? Like, do they meet that standard? Like if they're, they're way below it, like, you know, I'm like, this isn't the job for me. I'm going to keep it moving. Um, but if they're close, I know like, this is somebody I can follow. This is somebody who understands leadership to a high level and somebody that I'm going to thrive under. Um, and I use okay. that. So, that's, uh, so that's kind of how I judge. I w- I'm going to interrupt you for just a minute. And because I think a lot of people would love to be able to figure out how do I identify that good leader when they're looking at some an opportunity, do you have any yeah. tips on how you like what you look for um, that you could share? Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I think some of the things that I look for is a leader who is invested in you as a person. I think a lot of a lot of leaders like I differentiate between somebody who's a leader and somebody who's a manager. I think most of the people out there are managers. Like they're used to managing your workload. They're used to making sure you're delivering on whatever your goals are. I think a leader is about someone who um, they lead through influence. Like a leader is somebody you choose to follow. Like even if they weren't like in this manager position, I would follow this person because they've shown like they're worthy of trust. Like they're 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 doing the right things. They're high integrity. Um, you know, things like that are what I look for. Is like if they're that person that I would follow, even if they didn't have this management title, then I know that's a really good leader. Love it. All right. So I interrupted, but I think that I really wanted to, like, I think you <laughs> yeah. have a unique perspective and I thought it would be valuable. <laughs> For sure. All right. So yeah. what other, um, what, what other people or experiences you think would you, yeah. would you fit in that category? Yeah. I think, you know, 
everything that I've done um, in marketing has kind of shown me like which direction that I want to go. And like, I found like, I just tried different things. Like, obviously, like I tried designs, like I enjoyed it. I just wasn't very good at it. So it's like, okay, I need to kind of pivot away from that. Right. And then uh, I do marketing and like I'm running ads, running Facebook ads. And like, it's, it's fun. It just, you know, for me, it got monotonous after a while. Right. Like you can only do so much optimizing. Um, and then I get into, you know, doing more of like the database stuff. So I like I'm doing email, like a very small part of it. And then that introduces me to the CRM and there's this wealth of data and there's all the stuff that we can do with it that we're not doing with it. So really, it's just been about kind of following my passion and where I see the opportunities are, because that's a big thing for me. Like I look at growth holistically. I start jobs and um, I'm like, OK, you know what 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 makes the most sense for this business? And I kind of, you know, just follow that. And that's always kind of led me to the right place. Do you, um, I love that sort of approach. Do you go into interviews, um, asking maybe your potential hiring manager, um, or your team or what have you about sort of other areas that, you know, that they're sort of open to, to exploring or like, do you find a way to try to see if they're open to you kind of poking, poking around a bit to look for business, like growth opportunities? Uh, cause that's. <laughs> Yeah, that's like kind of, yeah. I don't know. That's a hard thing to figure out, right? Like, you know, so, so let me just like, let me rephrase that as best as I can. So going into a role, right, you have a job expectation. There's a job description provided to you to some degree. And in marketing ops, that's the one that's uh, sort of all over the board. But, yeah. you know, in demand gen, like you're tasked typically with generating demand for the business, right? Hey, that's the yeah. name. Uh, and... <laughs> And what you sort of just le like pointed out was this idea that, hey, um, there are potentially other gaps that we could be filling with the technology that we've already got in place today. Um, and, and have you found that maybe in your current role or like your past roles that people are receptive to that? Or do you have to very strategically like figure out ways to approach that? conversation with people because it's like hey that's not quote unquote your job description right like just i would love to hear your thoughts on it yeah yeah um no you you hit right on it like just like i'm sure if there are any sales people out there listening like it really is about the pitch so like when i see a new opportunity like i'll do like a google doc or i'll do a couple of slides on it um and then i'll say okay i've looked at this opportunity here's the business case for it like here's how i think it'll work out well here's the opportunity and then I just leave it up to people. Either they green light it or they give a thumbs down and like then I either run with it or I move on. But yeah, I just find like doing that data, then it's kind of like you kind of reinforce your case. So like something that I really want to do, I'm going to build up the numbers for it. I'm going to make a case for it and say, this is why we should do this thing. Um, and that's been my case. Like I usually I try to keep it like low fidelity because I don't want to put in a ton of work and something's going to get shot down. But I'll do like a quick Google Doc, like here's the opportunity here's what I think we can do. Here's what it's going to take to do it. Here's what I think the results could be. And then, you know, let people that could to make their own decision on it. I love, I love that. Uh, the low, again, a design reference, <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> the low fidelity, um, you know, approach there. I like that. I was going to ask you specifically about like, do you intentionally set aside time to look for those opportunities or do you just find that they kind of come about through your, through your work and eventually you kind of work on ideas over, you know, eventually just yeah. like randomly. 
Yeah. Um, no, they actually come to me just in general. Like I'm big. I think any marketer, like you should just be taking stock of your environment and seeing how things progress. And like, I joke all the time, like I'm probably in every SaaS company you can imagine their database. Cause I'll go download your ebook just so I can see what happens next. Right. I want to see what kind of experiences Done other that people before. are delivering. <laughs> I used right? to do that too. I used to do that too. All the time. It's awesome. Yeah. That, no, that, it's that, good. That, and I'll that, do that. That thought experiment actually led to one of our episodes with really? when we talked about sales, <laughs> selling to mops, right? So it did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> totally no, um, and I'll do that. And like, I'll just pay attention to like, you know, I'm big about building good experiences. And like, I pay attention, like, what was a really great experience for me? And like, I was just saying, like, one of the one recent ones I went through is like, um, we had a rock pop up and break the glass on the car, right? A little small chip. So like our insurance company like said, oh, you can go through Safe Light. It's covered. And Safe Light, so this random glass company took me through the most effortless, beautiful experience I've ever been through, like working with a company. So it's like I go to their site. They're like, who's your insurance? It's USA. Okay. I did pop up a calendar, book a time to come in. I book a time. They send the calendar, like the whole thing. Then a couple days before they say, here's what you need to do. Prep your window before you come. And here's what you can expect if the crack is like bigger than six inches or less than six inches. I pop in. They're like, oh, the technician's working on your car. They're giving me updates as they're working on it. I just sat there because it didn't take very long. It was a small crack. But they're sending updates and then like it wraps up. It's like I get an email that the the, the, uh, technician is done before he even walks in. So it's like he comes in, drops off the keys, show me what they did, and then I leave. And then they send an email, wow. and, you know, recommendations on what you should do, like don't wash your car for 24 hours or whatever it was. And it's like this beautiful step-by-step experience. And it comes from like a glass company. It wasn't like this ultra fancy startup that you would think like, oh, they have an incredible experience. It's just a glass company, right? <laughs> right, right. That's, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, it's good to, it, I, I, think, I think, you know, takeaway on that for sure is just like, sort of look like looking at all of this stuff you experience uh, through the lens of like, how could that apply to the work that I'm doing now or could be doing in the future or what have you. And, you know, one of Dan, who's on our team um, with the MoPros and helps us with uh, finding really good partners that do educational stuff with us. uh, He and I were, were just talking the other day about um, the Super Bowl, which just passed, you know, not too long ago in the U S here. And, and we both we both agreed that while I do watch the Broncos play occasionally, um, you know, I don't generally watch the the games. And then once it's playoffs, like, yeah, I'll pick up on it in the Super Bowl. I'll watch. But really, I watch the Super Bowl for the commercials well over anything else. <laughs> like, And it's terrible. Right. Like that just means that I'm like really sort of obsessed with marketing. Uh, but like. I, you know, ClickUp was on there and I keep referencing ClickUp as this brand that's like everywhere right now. And I I got off the Super Bowl and I called my friends. I was like, did you see ClickUp was on it again? It's like they're everywhere. And so, you know, for what it's worth, like just echoing what you're saying, like, yeah, just, you know, go through daily life and see what your experiences are like or what people are doing. And then maybe don't be afraid to offer that up as an opportunity to your company. Right. Low fidelity, though. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, I, I mean, I like that low fidelity concept, right? Trying a simple step toward what you think uh, something really cool is, I think is a really good way of learning fast. And so like, do we think we could scale it? Right. Um, mm-hmm. I want to go back to 
so one of the things that you you kind of mentioned and you it was kind of almost a throwaway line was that you know I tried this and I realized I didn't like it or I wasn't good at it so I went to this next thing and I tried it and you know, I think a lot of people, me included probably, have said, oh, I'm going to go do this thing because, like, I think I should want to do it, right? And so mm. we're not willing to then not give not give up's not the right word, but go, okay, I've, okay, this really isn't the right fit and be really truly honest with ourselves about whether or not it makes sense. I, I, like. Do you think you just have some sport? Like, is that something that's just sort of built into you, or do you think that's something you've had to learn over the years? What? Just... Yeah, I know. I know. It's definitely something that I've had to learn over the years, and you know, kind of figure out like what does that look like. Like, it's one of those things. Like, you don't want to be afraid to be bad at something. You also have to realize when like there's something like. Do am I if I'm bad at it? Am I so far behind? Am I not willing to invest enough to get really good at it? Like, does that make sense for me? Because like a lot of people out there, I'm sure like we've seen like oh like there's a uh, (laughs) there's software engineers at Facebook making 500k a year. Like I need to go to this software coding boot camp. But like I could do it, but like it would take too much time. Like I've I've had to invest so much just to get there and like to be even decent at it. It's like it doesn't make sense, even though it's something like I might could like get into. It just doesn't make sense for you to make that switch at this point in my life. And, like, I don't want to invest all that time. Like, I'm not passionate about software engineering, so I would be doing it for all the wrong reasons, right? I just want to check at the end of the day, and that's not the right reason. No, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, <laughs> at one point, I was like, I had been in, you know, in my career long enough, and I was like, I should, I really want to do an MBA. And I, I kind of got to the point where it really didn't make sense. And I was like, so I was starting to look at how are other ways I could start to learn the things I think are important to my role or what I want to do on my own. And and that was even pre like before things were out there and available for free or low cost that you could really get, get to. I love that. Um, <laughs> so let's, t- let's kind of, you know, since you are doing training, you're doing some training on marketing ops and MarTech, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I've, over my years, like I've become built up a little bit of expertise in HubSpot. I won't say like I'm the, the number one expert out there. I think I'm pretty good at it. So I'm doing some trainings on HubSpot for you know some companies and founders and stuff like that. So one, one of the things we, you know, we've started talking to people about um, throughout kind of as a hopefully a somewhat constant thread throughout these episodes is the idea of addressing the lack of formal certificates or training or education for marketing ops. So if you were like, if you were designing that marketing ops certificate, right. And maybe there's more than one, what would you say are like, you got to have this skill or this, this um, knowledge to, to at least that's got to be a part of it. It, It's like non-negotiable. What would you have in that? Yeah. The skills. Yeah. I think, you know, I think if it's like a general marketing ops professional certification, I feel like it needs to be a, the majority of it like platform agnostic. Cause I think a lot of times we get very looped into somebody being a Salesforce person or a Marketo person or a HubSpot person. But really, if you're going to be a marketing ops professional, you need to be able to jump between platforms. And may, you may not be the foremost expert on it, but things like lead management, things like email marketing, things that are just, you know, common among all of the platforms, like really having a deep understanding of the strategic side of those. Cause like, you can get up to speed on technology, any specific platform in a short amount of time. Like, I don't think that makes you a great 
ops person. I think being a great ops person is understanding the strategy behind it. Context. Music to my ears. <laughs> right? I would agree. I think I think if it's tech agnostic, right? I, I think I will say though, I think what makes a really good ops person is that you can jump between platforms even if you've never used the other platform. You because you understand the fundamentals of uh, these technologies, you know, object to object relationships and all that other kind of stuff, like it allows you to be able to pick that stuff up, uh, you know, relatively quickly, even, you know, if you've never used Marketo and you've been on HubSpot, like you can pick it up pretty quickly. Right. Um, But yeah, I would agree. Like I, that's, that's definitely the angle that I'm trying to, to bring to light inside of all these learnings that we're pulling together through the community is, how do you do this tech agnostic marketing ops thing? It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. So Mike, any, we're going to, we're going to wrap it up here a little bit, but any last thoughts, uh, things that, like you would want to make sure that our audience heard, uh, like what's a, that we may not have covered yet. Yeah. Um, no, I feel like we kind of covered it all. Um, yeah, for me, like, I just love, obviously, as you can hear from the episode, like, I love exploring new things. And like, I'm on LinkedIn. So if ever, anybody ever wants to chat about marketing ops, and I'm sure your coworkers probably don't, I'm, I'm happy to chat with you about it, and <laughs> dive deep, and we can nerd out on it. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, it's like I this, it. like, a, don't be afraid to be bad at something. Did I get it right? Is that the... Exactly. Yeah, I think yep. That's like, I, sure. I think that's For what sure. I'm going to remember from that's all this. That's my mantra. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, great. So, um, if people want to, you know, connect with you, um, kind of follow you or whatever, what's the, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, look me up on LinkedIn, um, Mike K Tatum. Um, and I also have a website, Mike um, check it out. Um, feel free to book some time. It's not always about like getting a consulting job or anything like that. Like I do generally just love to talk about marketing tech. So hit me up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Mike, it's been truly, it's been a pleasure. This has been, a, it's been a fun one. Uh, your story is, I think hopefully inspiring for our listeners. I, so very much thank you for, for joining us today. Yeah. Thank yeah, you. Mike. Thank you for having me. Yeah. This is an awesome. <laughs> Well, everyone, so thank you to all our listeners. Mike, thank Mike Rizzo. Thank you for for uh, being my my co-host here. We I know Happy we missed her today. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we I'll, do miss her. She'll yeah. be back soon. Yeah, we'll get her back. <laughs> and uh, thank you to all our listeners. Thank you for supporting us. Continue to send us your suggestions or um, ideas on topics or or guests, or let us know if you want to be a guest, and we will work to make that happen. Until next time, thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.